Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. Please stand by. Our service will begin shortly. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night, our first, our second Lenten evening service. Tonight we're going to be following the order of evening prayer. It's in your hymnal on page 243. Just a few notes uh, about the service when you get to that page number. Again, it's number 243 in your hymnal. And if you flip over to page, well... I don't have it on on mine, but if you flip over to the psalmody, instead of doing Psalm 141, we're going to, in its place, we're going to sing hymn number 953, We All Believe in One True God. So if if you have an extra ribbon, you might want to put a mark in 953. And then the other hymns, and I will announce these as we go along, and then the other hymns that we're going to be singing are 607. 607, and then 917. So 953 in in place of the psalmody, and again, I'll announce that when we get there. 607 and 917. All right, and I would invite you to stand. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening. Let your light scatter the darkness. Joyous light of glory. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Enlighten our 
darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. For you are merciful, and you love your whole creation. And we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. We now sing hymn number 953. Let the incense of our repentant prayer ascend before you, Lord, and let your loving kindness ascend on us that with purified minds we may sing your praises with the church on earth and the whole heavenly host and may glorify you forever. Amen. We sing our next hymn, number 607 in your hymnal. 607.
first reading for this evening is taken from 2 Samuel chapter 12. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. You must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never leave from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. This is, O Lord, have mercy on us. The second reading is from 1 John chapter 1. It is verses 1 through 10. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us and with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy 
complete. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The story goes that a lifelong Lutheran, nearly 80 years old, comes up to his pastor and says, Pastor, Lutherans don't believe in private confession and absolution like Catholics, do we? And this led to a wonderful conversation in which the answer is both yes, we do, and no, not exactly like the Catholics do. But it often does surprise us to learn that the answer is actually yes, we Lutherans do believe and teach of the importance, even the blessing of private or individual confession and absolution. Now, just so you know, there are many things that Roman Catholics include in private confession and absolution that are very different from what Lutherans believe in practice. You are probably never going to see a confessional booth in any Lutheran church that you are in. And if you've never seen one, perhaps you've seen them in the movies where the Catholic member sits in one part of a small enclosed box, and then a priest slides back a small door and then listens through the screen to his or her confession. Catholics are required. They have to go to confession at least once per year. And after they have been absolved of their sin, they are typically expected to do some kind of penance. That is to say, prayers or make certain restitutions to pay for the earthly effects of their sins. All of these things are not what Lutherans practice in private confession and absolution. We don't have any boxes, we don't have any booths, we don't require attendance, and while it is certainly beneficial to pray about and make restitution for the wrongs we have done against others, we don't believe we can do anything to pay for the effects of our sins. Only Christ paid for our sins. Only Christ brings forgiveness for the many commandments that we break every day. We cling to Christ alone when we realize we have again failed to fear, love, and trust in God above all things when we have failed to keep his name holy among us. So if we believe that Christ alone is the source of our forgiveness, why would we need private, one-on-one, confession and absolution? And the answer is because it is one of the means of grace that our Lord provides to us, one of the ways in which he brings his forgiveness. If after the service someone asks you for some water, in what way would you give it to them? Would you go over to the water tower and ladle out a glassful for them? Probably not. But no, you would instead go to a sink or over to the fountain and fill them a cup or point them to the water fountain. You see, sinks and 
those things are means for us to receive water from the source, the water tower and the well. In the same way, confession and absolution is a means, is a way that our Lord uses to bring us forgiveness from the source. His cross and death for us on Calvary. We can and should give thanks to him for all of the means he gives to his forgiveness and to use them frequently. So the question is, why did this lifelong Lutheran man that we spoke of at first not know that private confession and absolution is a Lutheran practice and is in fact part of our theology? Well, there are several reasons. One is the fact that even though Luther and many of the early Lutherans were definitely in favor of private confession, there were social pressures to not look to not look or act too Catholic. But private confession has been a long-standing practice in the Christian Church, even in the years before our denominational differences, there were periods in our history where there were so few pastors that it was difficult to teach and practice private confession. On Sunday mornings, we often start our public confession and absolution with the words from 1 John 1, 8 through 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We then confess our sins. And I, as your pastor, have the great honor and privilege in the place of Christ to forgive them. Why, then, might you want to avail yourself of the option to then come to me for private confession? Perhaps you want to prepare yourself during this Lenten season of repentance in a special way. Perhaps you're just curious. And you don't really know that, yes, Lutherans can actually go to their pastor for private confession and absolution. Perhaps you have a sin that is on your heart. A sin that continues to trouble you and leads you to feel guilt and shame. Perhaps you doubt that God's forgiveness in Christ is actually yours. Many people would tell you to go see a counselor, and there are many and many reasons to go see a professional. And I, in fact, refer people often to them. But if the thing that is bothering you is a sin that troubles you, then I invite you to come, as Christians have done for so many years, to your pastor, myself, for private confession and personal absolution. To hear these words, as from Christ himself, for you and you alone, you are forgiven. Luther says it very, very well. So if there is a heart that feels its sin and desires comfort, it has here a sure refuge where it finds and hears God's word because through a human being, God loosens and absolves from sin. You are forgiven. 
And I want you to know how comforting that personally I find these words in private confession and absolution too. I find it a great source of joy when I confess my sins to you, this congregation, when I say, by my faults, by my own faults, by my own most grievous fault. In that service, I so look forward to hearing those words of absolution of pardon and forgiveness that come from you, the people of this church. God has given the keys of forgiveness to his church, and I am blessed to be this congregation's pastor, to pronounce that absolution on a weekly basis. And if I can be a part of helping you, or a friend, or somebody that you know, to hear that personal absolution, then please come find me. No confessional booth, I'm not going to go out and buy a box. No small little screen door. Just you and me together with God's word of grace and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. We continue with the Song of Mary, found on page 248.
Please rise as we go to our Lord in prayer. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matt and for Lee and for all pastors in Christ, for all servants of the church and for all the people, let us pray to the Lord. For Donald, for all public servants, for the government, and for those who protect us, that they may be upheld and uplifted in every good deed, let us pray to the Lord. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place, let us pray to the Lord. For those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy, let us pray to the Lord. For favorable weather, for an, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times, let us pray to the Lord. For our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need, let us pray to the Lord. For the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, let us give thanks to the Lord. Help save and defend us, gracious Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. Let us pray the collect for peace together. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commands, and also that we, Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Please be seated. 
we sing our final hymn, number 917, number 917.